It is part of our uh, our faith series, our strengthening faith series, uh, and it's entitled "Faith for Battle." But then, as I was looking at it, the Holy Spirit said, "Really, no. This is a battle for faith. It is a battle for your faith right now. Yeah. Ultimately, we are living in a time." where we are battling for pretty much everything. Uh, and uh, in, in this particular case, we're many times battling for our faith. And in battling for our faith, we have come to this, this, uh, this, deli- this line. And we say, are we of the regular faith? Because there is regular faith. And then the Holy Spirit basically corrected me and says, there is regular faith, but the regular faith I want is the unusual faith. Remember, we're in a time of unusual unusual things. And a couple weeks ago, the Holy Spirit spoke to us and said, "There are this is an unusual time uh, for you to be operating in, and there will be unusual blessings coming to you, but you are going to have to fight some fights spiritually, and you must be prepared to fight the fights spiritually. And this is where the battle for your faith and the faith for battle. Uh, are you prepared to go to the front line and really give it all? And so really we, we look at Jesus as our role model. Uh, we, we don't have any other model. And uh, again, so I'll, I'm going to clear the slate first. The message here is not a church message. Uh, it's a faith message. Uh, it's not a, 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 a doctrine. Uh, it is a, a real word. Um, and the Holy Spirit is speaking to you, to us, to the body of Christ. To, and he is, basically he's pleading with us. And he's saying, take a look at your faith. Is it of a quality nature or is it of a secular worldly expectation nature? Because if it is, then you're no good for what he is going to be calling you to do. Uh, what he wants you to do is to develop your faith in such a way that it is not churched. It's not a church. Uh, your faith is not built upon a church. It's not built upon a machine. It's not built upon a, a, a pastor. It is built upon your relationship. I repeat, your faith, the kind of unusual faith, is a faith that's built upon uh, your relationship, your, your relationship with God and not with somebody else, not with a middleman, uh, because uh, the middleman does not satisfy the need that you have to live in this uh, flesh world. It is a temporary, temporal intermission kind of a kind of a thing. And so God wants us to, in essence, run to Him first. We run to Him first, and God will answer you either divinely, supernaturally, right then and there. Or he will put somebody in your path that he will use to help you along that way. Uh, but as we heard uh, during that, uh, we were having a prophetic meeting up in um, um, Canyon Country. He said, if you can see where the blessing came from, if it is connected to something in the natural, it's not from him. It's just favor. But if you, in this time, or this unusual time, cannot figure it out, cannot pinpoint it, cannot define it, then it is a blessing and a divine blessing from God. So we, like everything, we have to, let's, let's clean the slate. 
uh, if there was a, a chalkboard behind me, I would erase it, and we're going to start over. Let's understand our surroundings. Okay, so what we're dealing with is, is Jesus. We're dealing with Jesus. Jesus is on the road. Thousands are following him, and he healed them. He didn't just keep walking. He didn't keep going from city to city. The Bible says Jesus healed them. Third, uh, secondly, the Pharisees tried to trap him verbally. They were constantly looking for things that they could uh, uh, pin on him. Because remember, the world doesn't understand the words. They even tried to use Jesus' own words against him without realizing Jesus is the word. Uh, and so this goes to show that you know the world is going to try anything to get you to be confused and to uh, not be able to understand the word of God. So then Jesus says to them, so now we're, we're, we're getting into, this is what Jesus said, Matthew chapter 19, verse 11. Not everyone can accept this word. Now, he's talking about marriage, okay, in the verse. But he's talking to us now. Not everyone will understand or, or can accept this word. But only those to whom it has been given. So the understanding has been given to some and not to, the, to, not to others. There's a group of people that are unaware of the definition and they're operating in the world. You'd probably say, well, how unfair. Why hasn't it been given to all? Well, he's talking about the, fairy, the, the pharisaical mind, the, the mind that is stuck in religion, the mind that is stuck in tradition and the mechanics of faith. And remember, faith is not a mechanics, but there are uh, people who, who, who do things, who work things, and connect their faith to it and say, now I'm still talking about the Christian mind. They're, they're saying, work is good. I'm in control of my work. My, my God must love the work I'm doing because I'm a good person and I'm a, I'm a good, I'm feeding and I'm the homeless and you know I'm, I'm doing all the, the good things. But the Lord says, first and foremost, works are as filthy rags. So he's not impressed by what I'm doing. He's impressed by what is in me. And we're still talking about faith, because remember, without faith, it's impossible to please the Father. And in this time right now, this is the time of work. People are trying to find work because you can do a lot of things online. Oh, let me send some good news. Let me send a, a tweet, a text. Let me, let me do a little post and make people feel good. But that is an extension. There's nothing wrong with that, but that is not, that's an extension of your love of God, and you just want to get out there and, and reach as many people as possible and tell them, this is the God I love. This is what Jesus' blood did for me. This is, this, there's nothing wrong with that. That's a manifestation of the Holy Spirit within you working, but your faith cannot be based just on that. Your faith has to be based on your love for God, not just one at a time. My love for my God, your love for your God, and, and on and on. It doesn't have to anything to do with an earthly or earthbound ministry or an earthbound denomination. It is individual. We already find it in the Word everywhere from Genesis to the, to the end to Revelation. We are finding that Jesus, uh, that God, has from the very beginning wanted a relationship with his creation. 
But as soon as man was inserted, as soon as that conscious, uh, uh, kind of this conscious uh, decision was made to go against the word, against God, then God, still compassionate with his creation, because after all, he's the creator, tries to find a way to reconnect the creation that was doomed to eternal damnation, eternal separation, and then he sends Jesus, and we, we know how that goes. But we're talking about faith. An authentic, real faith. Something that is so big, he relegates it to the children. It is so big. It affects my eternal salvation. Well, Pastor Rick, I gave myself to Jesus, uh, you know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. There's that voice again. <laughs> the, the, the length of your... Salvation has nothing to do with your salvation. You won't find that in the Bible. You won't, you won't find that as a biblical concept. Jesus died for you so that you could find the Father. You cannot find the Father without Jesus. You can know of him. You can study him. You can even pray to him. But the connection comes through Jesus. After that connection is made, now there's something that is ongoing. But unfortunately, we live in a world, and maybe we've been brought up this way, is we like things to be finite. A lease is one year. Lease a car for two years. 10,000 miles. Finite. I weigh 130 pounds and no more finite so we we love that because it's that means there's an there's an end because there will be a fresh oh i got a good one january uh, uh december 31st january 1st i'm going to the gym january 1st that's it i'm starting a new life a new leap i'm going to the gym but we never make it to the gym but it was that day before we with that day before that decision was made oh everything's going to be fresh tomorrow don't we have this mindset of of oh you know what I'm glad that's over. Tomorrow's a new day. I'm going to give up something on Monday, and, and, and on Sunday, and Monday is a new day. Not everybody can accept what Christ is saying, because the, the reason this is important to understand is our faith is based off of what Christ has done. He, what he's saying is he's reminding us. We're reading what he has reminded us, what he's reminding us to do, or what he's reminding us what not to do. Here he's reminding us to have faith that is so big, it's going to have an image of a little kid attached to it. And you'd say, wow, I, I'd like to have faith like, like a warrior, big muscular warrior. All the, the metal and the gadgets and the boomerangs and the swords. No, that's that's too obvious. That's so. Come on, get, 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 let's get let's get real here. Jesus used David, scrawny David, up and coming, but he was at the beginning. He was not at the end. He hadn't lifted any weights. He was a skinny little dude. But what he had in his pocket, in his satchel 
was something that was going to take down a giant that nobody had the perspective to, to be able to see this and think that it was even a possibility. Our faith is that very thing. Our faith is represented by the stones that are in that satchel. They are tiny, they are smooth, but I'm gonna tell you when it comes time to take it out and you wrap it up in that thing that is, that, that is not temporal, that thing that is just your spiritual strength, it will take down every single giant and that before you, and you can say, I have the faith to bring a giant down. I'm getting ahead of myself. Matthew chapter 19, verse 14. Jesus says, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Why haven't we figured this out? The nature, the condition, the mindset, the perspective, the vision, the discernment, yes, discernment of a little child is greater than an adult because an adult wants you to, to, uh, to, to be impressed. They, wanna, they want the world to be impressed by them. Little kid don't care about that. Little kid comes running, comes to the master. He goes, don't hinder them with your what? Your perspectives, your adult, your religion, your tradition, your whatever, the mechanics. Let them, let them approach me. Let them believe in me. Unhindered. This is the, the, he's talking to the disciples. These are the, 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 the disciples that followed him that we're listening to him, we're being taught by him. You know how many pastors are being taught? You know how many ministers, how many uh, ministers of the gospel are being taught, sometimes not by Christ, but by a tradition, by a lineage, by what's expected of them? And then Jesus is squished out of the picture. And they have hindered the little ones from coming, the people that, with an adult body, but they have a, a, a juvenile perspective of the faith and they're coming hungry. And he's saying, don't put any burden on the children. Because they're coming to me not because they were sent, because they want to. Don't, don't stop them. Don't make them feel less than they are. They don't need to know that they're not as smart as you. They don't need to know that they don't know chapter and verse, and you do, because you went to a, a four-year seminary. Lead them to me. Let them come to me, and I will envelop them in this time because it is crucial that their faith is nurtured. It needs to be nurtured faith so that we, they, they can begin to see the fruits of their work, the fruits of their faith are divine manifestations like divine healings. What did the Holy Spirit say to us last time? That there would be unusual, unexplainable divine supernatural healings if you can explain it because you saw it on an x-ray and it's there one moment and oh yeah you took you took some radiation or you took a pill or whatever yes god sent me that doctor but that's not what i'm talking i'm talking about their one their one moment and gone the next can't explain it or financial uh, 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 financial windfalls you don't have to get a like I said. You don't have to get a check in the mail, and know that it was sent from this person. But God can do what God wants to do to bless you in this unusual season 
without having you be able to explain it. The Bible continues. Mark chapter 10, verse 15. I assure you and most solemnly say to you. Okay, so just, just that phrase, I assure you and most solemnly assure you. Uh, Jesus is, he's serious. He's really serious. Please do, don't, don't think for a moment because you've read the Bible so many times that just another, another catchphrase, he is serious. Whoever does not receive and welcome the kingdom of God like a child will not enter it at all. So this is not, I'm talking, Jesus talking to the disciples. No, this is Jesus talking to you. Have you received the kingdom of God as a child? Or have you received it as an adult with hindrances, with, 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 with things that are just in the way that you have to climb over before you get to the front door? This is a very, a, a very serious statement. Because you won't get in when you think you'll get in. A, a lot of people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm safe. I feel good about my salvation. You know, I'm a good person. I, I Let me see, what do I do? I go to Sunday service, sometimes twice on Sunday. I, I do mid, you know, midweek studies, midweek service, maybe some Bible studies. But if you have not accepted the kingdom of God, the understanding, the, the, the free gift of what the kingdom really means in your life, what, what Jesus did at the cross so that you could even get close to the front door. If you have not done that, then you will not enter at all. And, and that's a kind of a an ominous warning that it's all within my control. He, he gave me the, he gave me the, oh, which, which pocket did I put the key in for the front door of the kingdom of God? Oh, <laughs> left it at home on the dresser. Because once you're there at that spot, there is no, there is no turning back. But he's saying that if you did, by any chance, if you did render your heart open, like a child, I don't know one kid in America, in the world, where if you said, I have an ice cream cone, they would turn the other way and go up back up into the mountains. If I said I had an ice cream cone and it was for you, that little kid's not going to say, well, what flavor is it? Oh, uh, they're not going to say, well, uh, how much? They're not going to say, well. How long have you had it? They're just going to say, let me have it. And, 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 he, and, and I'm simplifying this, of course. But this, if this paints the picture of an adult going, to the, going and spending uh, and acquiring the things of God simply with, with, no, with no earthly connections, with no expectations, uh, with no questions asked, this is, and then their faith is built on that, 
This is the kind of faith that goes to war. This is the kind of faith, and I, and I say this, this spiritual war. This is the kind of faith that God wants from his, from his sons and daughters now. Luke chapter 18, verse 17. It's the same, it's the same but it's a little, a little different. Uh, th this one is built, uh, built upon the Amplified, where it says, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, there's that, okay, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God, like a child will not enter at all, Amplified says, with faith and humility, will not enter at all. Now he's qualifying the type of faith. He's saying you have to have faith that is filled, that is, I can, it, it's described as uh, humble, that faith that is built upon compassion and love. Because we can believe in something and, man, I, I believe in that. I sit in that chair, I got, I've got faith in that chair that's going to hold me up. How do you know? Or maybe there's got a bad leg that I can't see and all of a sudden I sit in the chair and then I go falling on the floor. The faith, I won't be able to see that. God sees that. God sees the quality of our faith. So he's looking for us to have childlike faith in an adult season. You, you, you look around the world today and everything is kind of on a serious note. It's creeping into the lives of children and now children are starting to speak like little little mini adults because little by little we're taking away adults are taking away their parents are taking away their schools are taking away everything that they listen and see on TV or whatever it's taking away their innocence in an effort to make them adult like when it comes to faith if a child gets so serious it's going to be begin to start tasting doubt and when doubt is present, faith cannot exist. People try and say, okay, well, I'm working on my faith. I'm working on my faith. Well, I tell you what, go and do the furnace, heat it up ten times, and then come out the other side with the fourth man, and your faith should have grown. But if you go and do the furnace, and you say, ooh, it's a little too hot, and you shut it off and you, you come outside and you make yourself comfortable and you cool down, Whew. I'll never do that again, then your faith has not grown. Faith is only extended through trial and tribulation. So, which is why, as a parent, don't we, don't we want to do everything to make our child comfortable? Don't we want them to, we, you know, you've heard this before. Oh, well, they're, going to, they're only going to be little kids for so long. Let them, let them enjoy what being, growing up is like. Go ahead, let, let them have all the candy. And, and this is what grandparents do. Let them have all the candy and, and uh, the ice cream and the cake that they want. And then you slowly give them back to their parents as they have a tummy ache. But what I'm, what I'm saying is you let the child grow up to be a child for as long. Because when there will be a time when their innocence will be gone. And this is, I, I, I'm going to spiritualize this. 
I'm not talking about little kids. I'm talking, talking about little kids in the Lord. They come in all shapes and sizes, and they come in all ages. And the Lord is saying, don't be a hindrance to them. Let them come to me. Don't, don't slap on uh, all these requirements, and, and only you're not old enough to go uh, and preach here. You haven't completed all the classes uh, uh, to preach the gospel there. And, and all of a sudden, it becomes an elongated thing. The gospel was meant to be preached. The gospel was not meant to be saved. First Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. And I'll close with this. Yet, we do speak wisdom among those spiritually mature believers who have teachable hearts and a greater understanding. But it is a higher wisdom, not the wisdom of this present age, nor of the rulers and leaders of this age who are passing away. This was a political verse. The origin was a political verse. There was a lot of stuff going on, kind of like today, in politics. It might be even talking about today. But if we read in between the lines, there is an expectation that is that, that we should possess. And the, the expectation is higher wisdom. Higher wisdom. Who gets the higher wisdom? Oh, the one that studies a lot. No, no, wrong. That, that's, 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 that's knowledge. Wisdom comes through a relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives you divine revelation. Divine revelation translates into wisdom. What did Saul have? Saul had divine wisdom. Why did he have divine wisdom? Because God's favor was not only upon him, but he was guided and filled with whether he knew it or not, his actions displayed by the Holy Spirit that gave him that wisdom to make wise decisions on behalf of the kingdom of God. Of course, we know how that story ended because that, that didn't have a good ending. But this is what happens when you're with God for a while and then you kind of drift away and you make bad decisions. Or you start uh, defining things and then start acquiring things like wives the lots of wives and lots of wives and then you say okay well god said i should have lots of wives and you become kind of caught up in the world started off doing the things of uh, uh, doing, the, doing the things of god i mean solomon but he drifted sometimes we drift sometimes we step away in our in our development to, or in our effort to maintain ourselves and our innocence as a child, so that we 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 are just being we're being fed by the by the wisdom of God. We don't asking any questions, spiritual questions. We're not we're not fighting. We're not bucking bucking the system. We're just saying, okay, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. Uh, we we don't we don't say, okay, God, that that sounds good. Um, let me pray on it to make sure it is. First of all, it's you. That's a, that's a big, 
big Christian a Christian error because the, the, the first part should be, I know the sound of God's voice. And then when God speaks, I do what he speaks. I don't question what I heard. I do what he speaks. So it's a higher wisdom. There is a, there is a greater expectation. We need to expect more from us in relation to God. Not less from us and more of God because, oh, the, isn't that great? I can pray. God, um, I, I know you're going to bless me. Uh, and, and God, I, I want to pray for a brand new Lamborghini. Uh, I really need a Lamborghini. I'd like, to, I'd like a Lamborghini. I've been a good boy in reference to the Lamborghini, and you're going to bless me, bless me, bless me, and I'm going to continue to do work for you. Uh, thank you for this Lamborghini. And I don't go to church. I don't tithe. I don't bless. I don't, I, don't, I don't do nothing. There are people out there who believe that they don't need to do anything. And I don't mean work. I mean pray. I mean getting in the word. I mean understanding the voice of God, knowing how to tell the difference between my voice, the world's voice, and God's voice. Sometimes all three voices sound the same. I want a Lamborghini. And God's saying, really? If you knew me, why would you need that? Why would you need anything from this world? Why are you asking me for anything in this world? And don't use scripture against God. Well, he's the owner of a thousand cattle, uh, a thousand hills. No, I don't. No, no, don't give me that. Because he wants you to understand him. You don't have to ask him a darn thing. You don't have to ask him anything, come to think of it, because he knows the desires of your heart. Oh, Pastor Rick, I... I told you I want that Lamborghini. No. You pray his will. What is his will? His will is that you prosper. Everybody loves that word. Prosperity. But he wants you to prosper in the spirit. You prosper in the spirit. You prosper in the spirit. You prosper in the Holy Ghost. You pray in the spirit so that it'll prosper somebody else. You prosper. You prosper. God is going to take you from where you're at right now, and he's going to prosper you because that's his, con that's his attribute. That is what he is about. But we take the word prosper, and that has nothing to do with faith. I know. I don't know why I'm even speaking about that. But sometimes people try to really activate their faith and elevate their faith with really in the background, okay, maybe the more faith I have, the more prosperity I'll get. And so all of a sudden I start connecting my faith with prosperity. And no, we, 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 we go on this faith trek. Everything's about faith. Everything's about faith, going forward, moving forward, going over things, all in the forward motion. Our faith never goes backwards. It never diminishes. It may stall, but you can never reduce your faith. And meanwhile, God's saying, come to me, unhindered, Come to me as a child, innocent in your belief system. A child for a season. A spiritual adult for eternity. You, you know, that, that this is, that last night the Holy Spirit gave me that, and he said, I, I'm expecting you to be a child to come to me in this whole thing, every day, come to me as a child, every day, come to me as a child, don't question me, don't and ask me why. You know, a little kid say, oh, there, there's, there's a, what is that? Oh, that's the moon. 
Why? Okay, well, that's where God put the moon so that we had light at night. Well, what's that other? It's a star. Why? And then we go on and on. It's a, there's never ending. And this is the way God wants us to approach him. He wants us to approach him with this hunger for knowledge, this hunger for spiritual connection to him, not a, 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 a division away from him, not a separation from him. God, God was all about bringing us closer to him. This is why he sent Jesus. Well, he sent Jesus for salvation. Yeah, but do you realize if he didn't send Jesus, that means he didn't have a way out for us, and that means that we all would be eternally separated from the Father. This is why he sent Jesus, is because he was saving his creation from the disobedience of man. First Colossians chapter 14, verse 20. Do not be like children in the amplified immature. Don't be like children that are immature. There are some kids, there are some children that refuse to grow up uh, in the natural. You know those kids, we, we, we call them, we like to say, okay, those are brats. You Don't be a brat. But they, they're, they're immature. They, they never grow up because mommy and daddy do everything for them. And they don't know how to do their own things for themselves. And so they grow up a sheltered, kind of a, 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 a done-for-me-everything kind of life. And they become immature. But there comes a time when a child trans, just starts to grow into an adult. We see that in the natural. And then we see that in the spiritual. There was a time that I thought like a child. There was a time that I responded like a child. But now, I'm different. As soon as we accept the power of the blood of Christ upon our lives, as soon as we accept what Jesus did for us on Calvary and what it truly means, what it truly means, I'm not using the past tense, what it truly meant sounds more grammatically correct. No, it's a now thing. The blood was shed once, but it continues to be made available on Calvary and every time we think of Christ it becomes available when we respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit the blood of Jesus is immediately there and it's upon our lives because God wants us to succeed at everything God wants you to succeed at everything that you do as long as it's as long as it's connected to him if it is not connected to him then it will be temporal. It will be temporary. I know you don't like to hear that, but there are going to be some times that you will fail. And you will fail in the world, and you cannot blame God because all the while your faith was based on the world, and it was not based on God. It was not based on the, uh, uh, on the kingdom of God. And so if you can wrap yourself, your understanding... That it all starts with your development of faith in how you approach Christ. If you are approaching him as a child, you will be victorious because everything following that will be led by the Spirit of God. If you are approaching him from the temporal, if you are approaching him from a school book, or just because I carry this around 
um, holy, then be prepared for failure will come because that is not of God. It is of the world. And you cannot make what is in the world divine and holy. That's only you. You can become what Paul never thought he would become. You can become holy. You can become used of God. Oh, God would never use me. That's because you were a brat. That's because you were immature. That's because you said, well, I hear God. You know when the little kid, oh, I just got another one. You know when the little kid, and they're upstairs. Little Johnny's upstairs. It's bedtime. And you're downstairs and you're washing the dishes. You say, Johnny, time for bed. Hey, Johnny, it's time for bed. Put your pajamas on. He heard you. He didn't listen to you. There are people out there that are Christian. They hear the call of God, but they're not, they're not listening. They're, they're not really bringing his voice into their, into their hearts so that, that he, he, can, he can use them and do that. You know, it, it is time for bed. You need to go to bed. Come on. And it is time for you to, to do the things of God. You just have to listen to the voice of God, actually uh, uh, be activated by the voice of God. Because you know what, Jesus, uh, you've heard me say this before, Jesus shows us that there isn't that much time. Oh, yeah, you know, he, Jesus, you know, he, he was a little kid, and he grew up, and he was a carpenter's son. He had a trade, and then, uh, no, no. He, he lived, uh, he, he worked, he lived and worked up the Jewish way till he was about 30-something. But the extent of his divine ministry was three and a half, roughly three and a half years. What is he saying to you? He's saying you don't have a lot of time. It shouldn't take a lifetime to develop, to develop your faith. And it shouldn't take a lifetime to get up off the Christian couch and start to the front line with your developed faith. You need to get out. You need to get out. Stop being that proverbial Christian shut-in. You need to go across the world. You need to go however it takes. You need to preach the gospel. Well, pastor, that's your job. You're a pastor. Uh, have you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Uh, yes, I did that in 19, oh, 1970. Well, then you're a minister of the gospel. You are a minister of the gospel. You don't need a certificate. You don't need a paper. You don't need a badge or a special jacket or T-shirt to tell people you're a Christian. They shall know you are a Christian by the way you live your life and the, by the way you speak and the, by, by the way you sound, by your compassion, by your love. But it all starts with your childlike faith. <laughs>